0: This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. And alhamdulillahi, na wa nasta'eenuhu wa nasta'firuhu. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min saydi'ati amalina. Man yahdihillahu falamudillahu wa man yudlil falamudillahu. واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه تسليما كثيرا اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله عز وجل وخير الهدا هدى رسولنا صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعة we come to the second part of the third fundamental of the sunnah that Al-Imam Al-Humaydi brought رحمة الله تعالى عليه, as a way of giving nasiha to our community as a way of educating us helping us to be upon what Allah is going to be pleased with يوم القيامة when the angel Munkar and Nakir comes to the person in the grave and he asks him, "Who is your Lord, and what is your religion, and what was that man's name that was sent to you, sallallahu alaihi wasallam?" And those answers is part of that answer is understanding this issue about the companions, Ridwanullahi alaihim. Who is your Lord? My Lord is Allah, who divinely chose Muhammad sallallahu and his companions to be the replica of success and the template the blueprint for success those people from this umm and what is your deen what's your religion my religion is al-islam and what is al-islam al-islam is the kitab and the sunnah according to the way that the companions understood it and what did you have to say about that man who came to you sallallahu alaihi wasallam he is rasulullah and abdullah And he came to a group of people. Some of them believed in him, embraced him, engulfed him, defended him and practiced his religion and spread his religion by Allah's permission. And others took the course of the people who are going to be troubled. Yomu Kiyama, those who are troubled in their graves right now, those who fought against him and they fought against his companions. They didn't know that his companions were the most knowledgeable of this religion. Their fiqh, their understanding, was the deepest comprehension of this religion. Their Islam, their aqidah, their theology, the way they practiced, it was aslam, it was the best and most protected way for a person to tread upon their path. So again, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud told the people, take the way of those who have preceded you, meaning the companions, because what they did and what they were upon is enough for all of you. I remember when I was growing up, some of the old heads where I was growing up, they would come and say and giving us advice because we were young and we were inquisitive like many of our young Muslim brothers and sisters. So you find the young person wants to start dabbling in smoking weed. He wants to smoke weed. He wants to do something like dabble in these illicit illegal drugs. The old heads used to say to us, hey, 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 don't, 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 don't get high, don't smoke weed, because I did enough drugs for all of you. If you want to know how drugs make you feel and what they make you do, I'll tell you. I did enough drugs for everybody. Similar to that, we say, as it relates to the companions. The companions are enough for us. You want to know how to practice this religion? Then follow the path and the tariqah and the sabil of the companions of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alayhi wa sallam. As I mentioned in the previous episode last week, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa brought the Quran and the Quran establishes the virtues of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and the virtues and the role and the position of his companions. Allah ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, Muhammadur Rasulullah wa ladhina ma'ahu shidda'u ala al-kuffar ruhamau baynahum Tarahum Min Allahi Waradwana. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And those men that are with him, those people that are with him, they are strong in their stance towards the disbelievers, and they are merciful and gentle towards the believers. You will see them prostrating and making sajda, seeking Allah's favor, His ridwan. And that's why we say, Radiyallahu anhum. They sought the ridwan of Allah and they received it based upon the Quran and the Sunnah. Allah said that they make sajda, they prostrate and they bow down, seeking Allah's pleasure. Their sign is in their faces as a result of the mark of the sujood. Some of the people believe that the mark of the sujood is the mark that gets on a man's head, on a woman's head as a result of making sajda. And as a result of that tafsir, some people, they make sajda on a piece of carpet that's coarse and harsh. So as to force this burn and this mark to get on your head, this is something that should be avoided. If it comes because you pray a lot, alhamdulillah. But if it comes because you're trying to use this ayah and you burn your forehead, then it could be you're falling into riya you're falling into showing off. It's as if you're trying to get people to know, look at my forehead, I got this burn on my forehead. Some of the scholars said, it has another interpretation. But the point here is, that Allah mentioned Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he mentions his companions. And this ayah said, these were their characteristics in the Torah. And in the Injil, they had other characteristics. So from the virtues of the companions is that Allah revealed specific definitive characteristics and information about them to the people who Musa was sent to and to the people who Isa was sent to salawatullahi was salamu From the proofs of the Quran, Allah Ta'ala mentioned, Al مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ بِإِحْسَانِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ An. عنه. Allah said the first vanguard of Al-Islam, those first people who accepted Al-Islam from the muhajirin of Mecca and from the Ansar and everyone who follows them in goodness, then Allah is pleased with them, and they will be pleased with Allah. So Allah has established in this ayat, a tazkiyah for the companions, because Allah said that he is pleased with them, and he has made a rabt, he has made a connection, that if you want Allah to be pleased with you, you have to follow the way of the companions. If you want Allah to be pleased with you, you have to follow them in al-ihsan. So now if you find that a companion made a mistake over here, he made a mistake over there, Maybe the companion, he didn't know, he drank khamar. A companion committed fornication. Another one did adultery. Another one killed another man. We still say and anhum because Allah said that about them in many ayat and we don't say in this instance, we are following the companion by doing this situation that was not permissible because Allahu Taala connected the ayat. Those people who follow them with ihsan and goodness, and Allah is pleased with them, with the person who did that, and they'll be pleased with Allah. Allah mentioned in another ayah of the Quran: Verily, Allah is pleased with the believers. May Allah be pleased with them. When they gave him the bayah under the tree, those companions who came to the Prophet and they left Medina and they met him outside of Medina. And they said, we believe in you. If you come and you come to Medina, we'll open up our arms. You could live in our city. And they gave the Prophet the bayat. All of them who gave him the bayat. Allah Jalla is pleased with them and they are pleased with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Allah is mentioned in another ayat of the Quran and there are many, 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 many ayat. He said about the Quran, about the companions, من المؤمنين رجال صدقوا ما الله عليه فمنهم من قضى نحبه ومنهم من ينتظر وما بدلوا From the believers, there are a group of men, group of men who have been true to the covenant and the contract that they made with Allah From them are those who have gone out and they've made the ultimate sacrifice and that they laid their lives down for Allah's religion so that I could be a Muslim and you could be a Muslim and our children can be Muslims. And it is an amazing thing, Khwani, before I continue, inshallah, is it okay for a man or a woman to come in to curse his mother or his father? As a Muslim who went to Al-Medina and I became a Muslim, Although my parents tried to guide me to other than Al Islam because of the slavery that our forefathers had to endure in America, we were stripped of our religion. So my mother and my father, especially my mother and my aunties, believed in the Jesus Christ white superiority syndrome. So they guided me away from Al Islam. As the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, maulud Yuladu Al Fitra. Every child is born on the fitrah saying la ilaha illallah. Mother and his father, his environment makes him a Jew or Christian, atheist, agnostic or whatever, liberal, whatever. So they changed my religion and they tampered with my fitrah. But I came back by Allah's permission. Do you know if I were to call my mother up, Or I were to go to America and meet my mother and I hug her and kiss her and I start to cry. And I say, I want to thank you, mother, ma. I want to thank you. I want to thank you because if it wasn't for Allah, then you, I've never been a Muslim. I would never been a Muslim because you gave birth to me, because you took care of me. Although you tried to change my religion, you did change my religion. You helped me to reach the point where I'm today. All of us are like that. Our parents have helped us to do and become what we are from those things are positive. Even if there are negative things, part of the equation. So how do you feel about a person who comes in his mother? and His father did a lot of good to him and by him. And then he just spits in their face. He screams at him, beats them up. He's violent with them. We're going to say you're a terrible person. You're a terrible person. Same thing with the companions. How is it possible that those companions Waged Jihad, put their lives on the line. Hamza, Hamdalah, all of those companions traveled far and wide, giving dawah to Al-Islam, putting themselves in dangerous positions. And then someone's going to come today and say that this one from amongst them was a liar. That one from amongst them, he was a coward. That one from amongst them was a disbeliever. They all disbelieved, except this one and that one. That one is about five, six or seven. You have no religion. And this is why some of the scholars of Al Islam they make straight up takfir of the Ifna Ashariyas, Those people who believe in the twelve Imams, some scholars say the awam, the regular people from their community, they're not kufar. And that's because they're ignorant. It's like many of our Muslim brothers and sisters who say things like Prophet Muhammad knows the unseen. He is Hazim Nazir, he's omnipresent. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is created from the nur of Allah. Those are all statements of kufr because they're takzib. They're rejecting the Qur'an and the sunnah, what's been established, but they're ignorant. Many of them can't read and write. And it's possible. A time is going to come where the Muslim is not going to know what salah, is zakat what fasting and hajj is. All the Muslims are going to know is la ilaha illallah. And the yawm al-qiyamah will be established on those people. They don't know anything about the religion. They won't know any ayah of the Quran. And they're Muslims. They're not outside of the religion. So some of the scholars said that those people were ifna ashari, the 12 imamas, that they are outside of Islam because what they're saying is all of the companions may rida and apostate except five or six or seven, Salman and Miqdad and Bilal and Yasser and, and, and Ammar ibn Yasser, only six or seven? Are you serious? Because it is a weighty thing that you're saying. It is a great thing. It is a great, tremendous thing. So those ayahs are from the ayat that established the virtues of the Nabi ﷺ and the virtues of his companions and the role that they play and showing us we have to follow their way. We have to understand and implement what they understood. As for the authentic sunnah, then there are many hadith that prove this. Allah... His prophet عليه عليه وسلم, told us in an authentic hadith, يلونهم, The best of this ummah is the generation that I'm in. And then the generation that comes after them. And then the generation that comes after them. So the first three generations, the first 300 years, are the best years in al-Islam as it relates to the people who are Muslims. The companions, they are the best of this ummah. And there's no one who is better than them in this ummah. The only human beings that are better than the companions are the prophets and the messengers, salawatullahi wa salamu alayhim ajma'een. So the prophets and the messengers from the other communities, from the other nations, they're the only people who surpass the companions رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وصلى الله وسلم على أنبيائه أجمعين. Another hadith, and there are many, is that the Prophet told his companions, لا أصحابي فَوَالَّذِي نَفْسِ بِيَدِهِ لَوْ أَنْفَقَ أَحَدُكُمْ مِثْلَ أُحُدٍ مَا بَلَغَ مُدَّ أَحَدِهِمْ ولا None of you should curse my companions. Because I swear by the one who my soul is in his hand, if one of you were to spin the size of Mount Uhud in Sadaqah, you would never reach a mud of what they spin. You would never reach what the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam spin. And Imam Al-Humaydi, to finish this off, this very short chapter, this short bab, but it's very important, he went on to say, we have to say rahmatullah on the companions and have mercy upon the companions and be saying radiyallahu anhum because Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Surah Al-Hashr. You gotta go back and read ayat 8, 9, and 10. Here Allah mentioned, وَالَّذِينَ جَاءُوا مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا خِفِرْ لَنَا وَلِإِخْوَانِنَا الَّذِينَ bil بِالْإِيمَانِ وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا لَلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ رؤوف الرحيم. Oh الرَّحِيمُ And those people who come after them. Ayat number 8 is talking about the muhajireen. Ayat number 9 from Surah al is describing and talking about the Ansar. And ayat number 10 is this ayat. Allah praise the muhajireen, praise the Ansar after that, And then he said this ayah and those who come after the muhajirin and they come after the ansar, they make a dua and they say, oh, our Lord, forgive us and forgive our brothers that have preceded us in al iman. They came to the religion before us and don't cause us to have any animosity, any rancor, any enmity, any hatred in our hearts towards those who have preceded us, those companions. Radiallah and O our Lord, you are Ra'uf and you are Rahim. So this ayah shows that people who come after the companions have been commanded to make dua for the companions, not against the companions. And this is the Dalil from where this particular foundation comes from. Those people who come after the companions, they have to make istighfar. Ask Allah to forgive them. Ask Allah to have mercy upon them. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with them. Anything other than that is a problem. Al-Imam al-Humaydi went on to say, the person is not a true believer unless he asks Allah to forgive them. And for the one who curses them or the one who makes disparaging comments about them, and he talks and puts them down, and he criticizes all of them, or any single one of them, then this person is not on the sunnah, and he doesn't receive any of the spoils of war. He doesn't receive any of the spoils of war. And then Al Imam Al-Humaydi went on to say, and I was told this by more than one person, that this was the position of Al-Imam Malik Ibn Anis, that Al-Imam Malik, Rahmatullahi Alayhi, the great scholar of the Maliki madhhab, the Imam of Dar al hijra that great knowledge man, that man, that, that mountain of knowledge whose madhhab is a serious madhhab for the one who follows it with knowledge and without making blind following. Al-Imam Malik, tremendous Imam. They said about Al-Imam Malik, when the scholars of Al islam are mentioned, Al-Imam Malik is a star amongst them. He is the Najm. He is the star from amongst them. Al-Imam Al-Humaydi said, he was told by more than one person that Al-Imam Malik's position was that he said, Allah Ta'ala has divided the spoils of war up. Who can get the faith, the spoils of war? He said in the Quran, the spoils of war for who? لِلْفُقْرَاءِ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ وَأَمْوَالِهِمْ يَبْتَغُونَ فضلاً مِّنَ اللَّهِ وردوانا. The spoils of war are for the poor people from the muhajirin. There some of the people get the spoils of war. After the jihad and the campaign has been waged, Ya Muhammad Rasulullah الله صلى الله عليه وسلم, you give Abu Bakr this much, you give Irma this much, Uthman Ali, Those people came from Mecca, they gave up their wealth, they gave up their homes and made hijrah. So you give them from the spoils of war after defeating the enemies of Al-Islam, you give them comparable to the efforts that they made. So they have to be helped financially for all of what they gave up. So Allah said that they get some of the spoils of war. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned after them, Those people who are in Al Medina, the Ansar, they also get the spoils of war. So the Muhajirin get the spoils of war and the Ansar of Medina. And then Al Imam Malik said, and then Allah Ta'ala mentioned the ayat and those who come after them and they make the dua. Oh Allah, forgive our brothers who forgive us and our brothers who preceded us in Al Iman. So Al-Imam Malik said, this ayat in Surah Al-Hashar, number 10, goes to show that anyone who doesn't make dua for the companions, doesn't have rahmah for the companions, doesn't say Allah anhum, he's from the khawarij, he's from the nawasab. he's from the rawafid, he's from the people who hate all of the companions, or most of the companions, or one or two or three or some of the companions, he has something in his heart against a companion, he has disqualified himself from receiving the spoils of war according to Imam Malik. Now this is very important inshallah. You know the people of Al-Hadith, Al-Humaydi, Al-Imam al Al Bukhari Al-Imam Ahmed, and all of these Imams, they used to say that the chain of narration is really important. If it wasn't for the chain of narration, people would just say whatever they want to say in Allah's religion. And we know in order for a hadith to be authentic, it has to have five things connected to it. Five things, five things. And one of those things is that the chain of narration has to be connected. Every person spoke to the other person and the chain goes all the way up to the Nibbi. If there's an inqita'ah and there's a break, is mursal, there's a break or something, then it's going to render the hadith weak. So now al-Imam al-Humaydi said, I've been told by more than one person that al-Imam Malik made the taqseem, the faith, the spoils of war. That if a person curses the companions, he doesn't get to spoil the war. Al-Imam al-Humaydi never told us. Who told him that? So someone can't come in now and say Al-Imam al Humaidi, He made it Mubham Abham Abham Mukhbirahu He didn't tell who was the one who told him the story Who told him this issue about Al-Imamari So someone comes to say Nope, that narration is not is rejected Chain of narration is The person who told Al-Imam al Humaidi. He could have been a Shaytan Could have been a Jew Could have been a Kafir Could have been a Nafiq We say no This is not the Hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam number one and number two, number two, this issue is so well known that Imam Al-Humaydi doesn't have to say who told him that. He's enough that he said, I was told this by more than one person that Imam ah, Imam Malik said this and said that. Because as I told you, all of the books that explain the Aqid and the Minhaj of the Salaf, all of them mention this point. And if you go specifically to some of those books, you will find the chain of narrations where Those people who said this about Al-Imam Malik and took it from him, they've been mentioned. Al-Imam Al-Lalaka'i brings chains of narrations, okay? For the one who wants to go back and he wants to check these issues. Al-Imam Al-Khalal brings chains of narration. So no one should come down and say, oh, 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 it's a weak narration because he didn't tell us who the person was. But it is important that we do understand We have to know who we're taking knowledge from. Muhammad ibn Salim said, this knowledge is your religion. So beware who you take your knowledge from. It was a practice of the Salaf that they didn't take knowledge from people who were unknown. People writing things on the internet and you don't know who they are. They want to write their um, tazkiyat. They took this particular riwayah. They took this particular ijazah, that ijazah. And you don't know who they took the ijazah from. they just using that, blowing into the balloon, making it big. Just saying, I got an ijazah, I got an ijazah. Well, what are you talking about? Ijazah from who? And in what? We need to know who you're talking about. So that is important and it has its context. But here, as it relates to Imam Al-Humaydi, then, as I mentioned, this is mutawatir from the ulama of Al-Islam that the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa ala alayhi We're going to have respect for them and we're going to make du'a for them. As it relates to this particular issue, brothers and sisters in Al-Islam and a lot could be said, like we didn't get into who a companion is because we're not trying to make it that technical. You can go and you can find out who a companion is. A person who met the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whether he met him and he was old or he was young, some little children, the Prophet gave them the tahmeek, eight, some dates and put in his mouth and you never hear about this kid again. So maybe he died before he grew up. That little kid, an infant, newborn baby is a companion. You meet the companion, whether you're a man or a woman, a teenager, old, young, you're a companion, that you're a companion if you meet the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If you see him or you don't see him, you're a companion. If you narrated a lot of hadith or you didn't narrate of any hadith, you're a companion. Provided that you met him, you believed in him, and you died, believing in him. Even some of them apostated; they apostated during the course of their lives, like the people who apostated during the time of Abu Bakr. May Allah be pleased with him. They apostated. Some of them came back to the religion, and they came back. And the Prophet was dead. So are they companions because they met him, believed in him, and then they apostated, and then he died, and then he came, and then he died, and they apostated, and then they came back, and they never met him again. And imam Ahmed, Al-Imam Al-Bukhari said, this individual is a companion. So in concluding, I would like to say there were over 100,000 companions when the Prophet died, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and they have explained this religion to us and there was no stone that they came across except that they overturned it, they dug it up and they gave us knowledge about the stone and knowledge about the crevice The hole that was left once the stone was picked up. Those are the companions of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We love them, we honor them. And those people who curse them, we take a position. You know, I am not for people believing and trying to get unity amongst the Muslims that if a person is cursing the companions, you think it's an easy thing to unite with such a person. Can't unite with people like that. You can't unite with people like that. Allah is a'la and a'lam hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barik nabiyyina wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.